All right, if you would, would you turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. How many of you ready for the word this morning? Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to begin in verse 12. But today I want to speak from a subject. How many know that we've been in a new series called The Radical Zone? Hasn't it already been amazing? I know we say that all the time, but I feel like each series we do gets better and better and better and better. But we've been in a series called Radical Zone. And today I want to speak from the subject, radical faith. Someone say radical faith. faith. Come on, say like you had some coffee. Radical faith. faith. (laughs) I like that. Radical faith. And here's my subtitle. Living on promises. You know, as I was preparing for this sermon, all I could think about is that Bon Jovi song. How many like that song? Living on a prayer. It's iconic. From this day forward, when you hear that song, I'm about to mess it up for you in a little way. You're no longer going to hear, we're halfway there, just living on a prayer. Listen, after today, you're going to be thinking prayer, but you're also going to be thinking, I'm halfway there. I'm living on a promise. I'm praying that by the end of this service, that you never forget that you are supposed to be living in Living on and contending for the promises of God. How many of you are contending for the promises of God in your life? You need to know this. Let me just say a couple of things before I read this verse. The, the Bible is full of promises. Depending on who you talk to, there are well over 7,000 promises. Some people say over 8,000. Some people say some of them are repeat. But the bottom line is there are thousands of promises in the word of God. So out of those thousands, let me ask you a question. Which one are you contending for? Which one are you living on? And which one are you standing in? There are promises in the Bible that were God gave to all of mankind. There were promises that God gave to Israel. There are promises that God gave to the church. There are promises that God gave to believers. But I'll take it even a step further. There are personal promises that God has spoken concerning your life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, remember the prophecies that were given concerning you through the laying on of hands. Paul told Timothy, you've got to remember that when we prayed for you, when people prayed for you, they prophesied, they spoke a word over your life. In other words, there are individual promises that God has spoken to you and only you would know. And I'm not talking, let me, let me be clear. I'm not talking about just inventing something. I'm talking about something that God has supernaturally spoken to you and confirmed out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Because how many of you know that people, you can walk around saying God told me anything, but listen, there are ways that God has a way of confirming when it's from him. And here's what I believe. Not only is the Bible full of promises that are for all of us, God has a way of giving you a personal promise that he will confirm through other believers. So I want to ask you today, what promises are you contending for in your life? Amen. Hebrews chapter six, verse 12. Let's read together. The writer of Hebrews says this, do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Can I stop right there? I like the faith part. I don't like the patience part. I would have rather this scripture say, don't be sluggish, but imitate those who through faith who inherited the promise. 
But that's not what the scripture says. It says, imitate those who through faith and what? Inherit the promise. It says this, for when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Saying, surely blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had, listen to this, speaking of Abraham, after he had what? Patiently endured... He obtained the promise. The scripture is preaching for itself. Amen. I mean, the Bible is so good. Sometimes all you got to do is read it. And it's already preaching. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there. This is our main text for the day. It's going to piggyback off this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says this, by faith. Someone say by faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Here's my favorite verse, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I need you to hear me this morning. He didn't know where he was going. (laughs) Let me read this again. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And everybody said, amen to the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. In these next few moments that we have together, would you speak to us, God, and and, and speak a rhema word to us and activate the faith. God, activate the, the motion, the movement in our lives that we can move toward the promises of God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Someone say radical faith. See, we're talking about radical zone. You know, when I think about radical faith in the scriptures... The, the, the first genuine thought comes to mind is Abraham. Because, I mean, we all grew up singing it. He's like our patriarch, our model of faith. Father Abraham. <laughs> and so are you. We grew up singing this because, because when faith is mentioned, I don't know about you, but when faith is mentioned genuinely, Abraham is one of the first people that I imagine. And I, I love the book of Hebrews. I love that, that chapter where it's called the, the hall of faith, where it doesn't hit everyone, but it goes through throughout the chapter. It hits, you know, it hits Abraham and hits Sarah. It hits David. It hits all these people who, who made it into this, what's, what people call the hall of faith, where God is honoring the faith that they have. But you know what I love? That none of these people were perfect. Literally, we could go down a list in this, in this hall of faith chapter where we could say, here's where they messed up. Here's where they did this wrong. Here's what they did, where they did this. Could have done this better. Could have obeyed God this way. Could have done this. But guess what? They still made it into the hall of faith. You know why? Because one moment and even not even one mistake can counsel a lifetime of faith. There's power and not just living by faith one time, but living on, by faith on a continual basis. Amen? And Abraham's whole life was faith. 
And so the writer of Hebrews is telling us, listen, we've got to learn how to imitate the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the faith. But I want you to notice how this verse, how this chapter, how these verses start. And I want to break them down a little bit. The Bible says that by faith, Abraham obeyed. So the principle is this, and this is not the subject of the message today, but faith always precedes obedience. Faith always precedes obedience. As a matter of fact, and here's how good God is. Did you know that faith is not possible without God? See, a lot of times we get real boastful about my faith. But did you know that God has to give you the gift of faith so that you can even have faith? Because according to Romans chapter 10, listen to this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? That means this, that where faith is present, God always initiates it. Because unless God speaks, you can't have faith in anything. Concerning the things of God. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, the writer writes this. He says, for we are saved by grace through faith. And he says that faith, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. In other words, even God is the author of the faith in your life. And so Abraham can only have faith because God interrupts his life. Aren't you glad God interrupted your life? God interrupted his life and spoke something contrary to where Abraham was or where he was headed. God interrupted his life in a very divine and sovereign way and spoke to Abraham. And the Bible says that Abraham by faith, right? But Abraham can't by faith unless God first speaks. And so this is why in the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus is often rebuking not only the disciples, but Israel for not having faith. Because, see, sometimes we think we need God to do something grandiose to have faith. But God says, I've already given you enough. Oh, this is for somebody. I've already given you enough word. I've already given you enough promise. I've already spoken enough things concerning the scriptures in your life. You have everything you need. To have faith. That's why when a, when a Roman centurion came on the scene, Jesus marveled and said, I have not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. When the centurion looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, you don't even got to come. Just speak your word. This has jumped in my spirit. I don't know if this is even right. I think the problem is some of us have so much word, but we're believing so little word. And we think we need more word. And God's saying, well, you just believe the word. Sometimes it takes a Roman centurion on the outside and he's like, I just need one word. Some of us got a hundred words, uh, 200 words, a thousand words, and we haven't done nothing with it. (laughs) I don't know if that even made sense. So God initiates faith. And so one way of looking at it is like, it's like this. And this is maybe the trap that a lot of us fall into. We think that if we know what the scripture says, or if we know what the Bible says concerning the promises of God, that that means we have faith. You see, because we, 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 we think because we know it, we believe it. So faith, genuine faith, always produces obedience. Because faith is not knowing something, 
intellectually. Faith is having a deep conviction that what God is saying and what God has said is truth. In other words, this is how you know if you have faith, not if you know it, but if you live it. You see, oh, (laughs) I don't know how long to sit on this because see, we can know what the Bible says and know what the Bible says concerning the promises of God. We can know them intellectually, but if we never move toward them, we don't believe it. We just know it, but we don't believe the proof of what you believe is not in what you know, it's what you live. So that, that, that's why faith is always demonstrated by obedience. And listen, that's not works. But you have to understand, faith is a gift from God, but faith will always produce genuine works. Good works, the Bible calls it. It's not putting the car before the horse. It's not your works. It's the faith that produces the works in your life. That's why James said in the book of James, he says, I'll show you my faith by the things that I do. Because even the demons know what the Bible say. So, so faith is not just knowing mentally. It's not just, it's not mental assent. Faith is trusting and, and following. It tr- faith is tr- receiving, trusting, and moving. Faith always produces movement. Someone say movement. And so, what my, this is just Andrew. Personally, I feel like the two English words that best... Uh, capture what faith is, okay? My number one way, this is just me personally, of translating faith, I like the word trust. Faith is a trust and a confidence. And if you go throughout scripture, right? God over and over and over and over and over again always moves towards faith and he always blesses faith. So I've come to this conclusion. How many of you have ever read that book, The Five Love Languages? No, just a few of us. Let's see how many people are married. Raise your hands up. How many of you have read that? The Five Love, love, love Languages is just a very popular book on relationships. Basically, the, the, the thesis is this. We all have a way of giving and receiving love, right? So there's, there's gifts. How many love to receive gifts? That's your love language. How many love to give gifts? All right. How many love words of affirmation? Right? How many love physical touch? <laughs> I, joke, I joke with my wife. I'm like, hey, touch me, touch me, and touch me again. All right? I love words of affirmation and physical touch. I need you to hug me. I need you to, I need you to make me feel special. Some of you are you're like, oh, I don't like to be touched. Give me my space. Some of you, it's quality time. Let me tell you what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that God's love language is trust. He loves to be trusted. Read your Bible. Anytime someone has faith, he goes, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, I like that. The Bible says, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Go through your Bible. See how many times it says, by faith, by faith, by faith. And you see, I love, you know, I'm so thankful that we have a God that responds to need. I'm thankful for that. But do you know what God responds to more than need? God responds to faith. Think about how much need in the world right now is still unmet. God is waiting for someone to have some faith. Okay, let me, let me keep moving on because I'm running out of time already. Are you guys with me? And I love that it says this, that by faith it says that Abraham was moving 
toward the land. It says this, that he was receiving the land as an inheritance. Someone say inheritance. I got to say this. You cannot earn the promises of God. You cannot work for the promises of God. You can only inherit the promises of God. When I, you know, when I, when I got this revelation, it changed my, pers- my, my whole perspective on sonship. Because how many know there's a big difference between working for something and receiving something as an inheritance? Inheritance is something that fathers leave for their children's children. And the Bible says, listen to this, his faith caused movement. Someone say movement. And he obeyed. And as he obeyed, he put himself in position to inherit the promise. I can't earn the the promises of God. I can't work for the promises of God, but I can have faith and I can put myself in position to inherit the promises of God because God is pleased by what? Faith. But I'm going to move on quickly. Verse 8. This is my favorite part of the verse. I love this. It says, and Abraham obeyed, right? And he's moving toward the land of promise. It says this. And he went out. Someone say, he went out. Not knowing where he was going. Does this encourage anybody but me? Has God, has, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the only one. Has God ever called you to somewhere that's not familiar for you? Has God ever called you to stretch yourself and go where you've never been before? Has God ever told you to do something and you thought, I can't do that. That sounds crazy. The Bible says Abraham obeyed and he set out. But guess what? He didn't know where he was going. Some of us, we've been lied to. You think that faith is having everything figured out. It's not. Just because you don't know where you're going doesn't mean you don't have faith. It actually might mean that you have faith. Just stick with me. He didn't have any, I want you to hear this. He didn't have any reference point for the promised land because he had never been there. I want to speak this over your life. And whether you believe this or not, it's true. Where God is calling you, you've never been there before. And what I mean is I'm not just talking about a physical place. I'm talking about where God has calling you to. In other words, not just a physical place, but who God is calling you to be, who God is calling you to become, what God is calling you to do with your life. If you could see the end of your journey, you would not even recognize you or where he's calling you to. Abraham had no reference point for the promised land. All he knew was he had a promise. And I'm encouraged because it said he didn't know where he was going. See, some of you, God has called you to to business. And God's God's got a calling on your life into business, but you've never been there before. You've never been in a boardroom. You've never been in a meeting. And you said, I can't, this is unfamiliar. But listen, listen, God is not calling you to figure it out on your own strength. God has given you a promise to move towards. Some of you, God is calling you to do things, to write, to go on and on and on and on. God will give you a promise. And listen, if you've never been there before, you're in good company because God is not going to call you somewhere where you have been before because it wouldn't require faith. Are you with me this morning? 
You see, when God called Abraham, he gave him a promise. And Ab- the, the, the inspiring, the, the reason why we look to Abraham as a role model is because Abraham said, you know what, God? I trust you, so I'm going to move. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm going to move. And here, here's what I've come to say to some of you today. Some of you, you are sitting on the promises of God. And you've been sitting too long. Some of you are sitting on things that God has spoken to you. Here's the key. You're waiting for all the pieces to align. You're waiting for everything to fall into place. You're, you're waiting for someone to give you another word. You're waiting for another. Listen, and God is saying, listen, you don't need to do that. You don't need to just sit around and try to figure out how I'm going to do it, when I'm going to do it. The the manner in which I'm going to do it, your assignment is this. You're supposed to move toward the promise. That's your assignment today, Inspired Church. God, I'm telling you, God gave me this word to tell somebody. It's time for you to move toward your promise. You feel unqualified? Maybe you are. He's going to qualify you on the way. You don't have the skill set? Great. He's going to give you the skills on the way. You don't know where you're going? Fine. He's going to show you as you go. How many times in the Gospels does it say they were healed as they went? It's as you obey and as you go. You're waiting to be fully prepared. You're waiting to be fully qualified. You're waiting to have all the answers. And if you're waiting for that, you're always going to be waiting. Because when God gives you a word, when God gives you a promise, what you got to do is say, God, I'm going to move in the direction of that promise. And listen, I've been serving God long enough to know this. Whenever God gives me a word or whenever God prompts me to do something, you know what I've learned? Just do it. Because all I got to do is put one foot in front of the other. And you know what he does? He has a way of bringing the people that you need. He has a way of bringing the favor that you need. He has a way of bringing the answers that you need. He has a way of bringing the connect. Listen, the connections that you need. See, because you're looking at the end result and you're saying, God, I can't move until you give me A, B, C, D, E. He's like, no, that's not how it works. You go to B and I'm going to give you, then I'm going to give you more more guidance, more instruction. Then you're going to go to C. As you go, he fills in the gaps. Are you with me today? Please hear me. Because this is what I believe one of the things that God is saying to his church in this hour. You see, because we say we like promises. I want you to hear me. We say we like promises, but we don't. We like prediction. We would rather have prediction than a promise. Don't get me started on why the prophets got in trouble in the last election. And are still getting in trouble because we're obsessed with predicting things. And we need to start looking for the promises of God again. Oh, it got real quiet in here. Because you have to understand something. Everyone's trying to predict what's next. What's the market going to do? Who's going to be president? Who's going to be in the... Listen, you got something better than a prediction. You got a promise. If God wanted to give you a prediction... He would, but guess what? He says, I got something better for you. I got a promise. You know what a promise is better? You know why? Because if I got a promise, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. If I have a promise, it doesn't matter what's happening to the economy. If I have a promise, it doesn't matter what's going on in culture. You know why? Because I'm not living for a prediction. I'm living on a promise. (laughs) 
And don't get me wrong. When God gives a promise, it does have a predictive element. When God gives prophecy, it does have a predictive element. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in the predictive part that we miss the promise. You're, you're, you're so caught up on the prediction, on the date, on the You're missing that God has actually given you a promise. And if you have a promise, you have something better than any fortune teller could ever give you. You got it. You got something better than any market forecaster could ever tell you. Because guess what? If you got a promise, it don't matter where you go or what circumstance you're in. You will outlast that place. You will, you can be blessed in that place. You can prosper in that place. And so I'm not saying some of these things aren't important, but why, but why the world While the world is obsessed with trying to predict what's happening next, what if we instead laid a hold of the promise and said, listen, come what might will, guess what? I am living in and standing on the promises of God. I don't, I don't have to know what comes on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday if I have a promise. Is this helping anybody? See, we want God to give us a promise. We want him to spell it all out, give us a map, include all the details. But that's not how God works. He will give you predictive elements sometimes, markers, date, whatever. But many times what God does is he speaks big picture. You know what? Then he says, you got to walk this out by faith. Because if he gave you all the answers, you wouldn't need faith. And God, let me say this, God is interested in the journey. You know why? Because God is interested not in just where you're going. God is interested in who you're becoming. And so I heard someone say this one time and it stuck with me. That Abraham did not know where he was going. But Abraham knew where he, I'm sorry. Abraham did not know where he was going, but Abraham knew what he was looking for. See, you don't have to know where you're going. In other words, you don't have to have all the predictive elements. You don't have to know exactly how God's going to do it or how God's going to come through or how God's going to make a way. You don't have to know that. All you got to do is know what you're looking for. When Abraham set out, it says he didn't know where he was going. But you know what? He had a vision. He said, I'm, I don't know where I'm at, but I'm looking for the promise of God. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm looking for God to fulfill his word. And listen to me. The future for the believer is not a prediction. It's a promise. It's a promise. And so Inspire Church, I've come to tell you today, listen, faith is moving toward your promise. When you only have a few of the pieces. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap up verse nine. Not only this, not only did faith cause Abraham to move towards it. Listen to what verse nine says. It says by faith, listen to this. He dwelt in the land of promise. As in a foreign country. I love this. You know what I love about Abraham? And this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this now so I don't forget to say it. How many know it's not about having faith in one moment? It's about living in faith. You know what I love about, about this story? It says that Abraham obeyed. And then I love this because then it says Abraham dwelt in faith. And then if you read... Further, it actually says in the book of Hebrews that Abraham died in faith. I'm going to leave that one for another day. 
But get this, not only did faith cause Abraham to move towards his promise, when Abraham found himself in the promised land, listen, the Bible says that even though he was where God wanted him, even though he was in the promised land, he was living like a foreigner. He was somewhere he had never been, and he was around these people who grew up. You see, Abraham arrives, and he's around all of these Canaanites, all these different tribes, all all the ites. All the ites. That's all we got to say. All the tribes. And he's there and he's living in these tents and he's living as a foreigner in his own promised land. I don't know who told us this, but we think that sometimes that when we're moving in the direction of our promise or when we're, we're in the place of our promise, we think that we got to feel good all the time about it. We think that as soon as we get there, everything better line up and look right. Y'all better recognize It doesn't say this, but I'm pretty sure there were a few days where Abraham was like, man, I'm in this place I've never been before. I'm surrounded by these crazy people. I sure am missing, and I'm just paraphrasing, I sure am missing mama's cooking back in the Ur of Chaldeans. I sure am missing where I grew up. I sure am missing where I went to school. I sure am missing the old me. But you know what? Because back then, at least it was predictable. At least I knew what was going to happen. But guess what? Here he is in his promise. Listen, you can be in the middle of your promised land, in the middle of the place of promise, and feel like you're in a foreign country don't let your emotions lie to you because you can be right in the middle of God's will for your life but guess what everything you're seeing may not line up yet you may not have all the feels yet you may not you may got nothing may be getting confirmed you may not be feeling nothing that's where you got to move by faith and not what you see you've got to move by faith and not what you feel you've got to move by faith and not by what they're saying if you have a promise you've got to the bible says he went but guess what it's says he dwelt you know another word for dwelt he remained come on tell your neighbor say you got to stay there because here's why if you leave early you will miss out on the inheritance the temptation is to obey God that's sometimes the fun part but then when you're there you're like oh now it's scary now it's real and here's the harder part can you dwell in faith even when you feel like a foreigner in the, in the land where God has promised you. So turn your neighbor and say, don't leave too early. Here's another word for somebody. Oh my God, Listen, please hear me. I wrote this down because I, I believe God is trying to say this to someone. You need to hear me. Not only should you not leave too early, do not get impatient and try to build in the flesh what only God can do by his spirit and grace. God don't need your help fulfilling his word. You know what happens when you get impa- when we get impatient? We end up giving birth to Ishmael instead of Isaac. Poor Ishmael. I was reading that story and I thought, poor Ishmael, this kid didn't do anything. <laughs> but what happened was Sarah came to Abraham and said, look, hey, hey, honey, look, I got an idea. And you know, Abraham, man of faith. All right, that sounds like a plan. You see, because remember, it's by faith and what? Patience that you inherit the promise. But sometimes the temptation is to to leave the place of your promise because it's not what you thought it would be. Or the temptation is to, maybe it's not the temptation to leave, but maybe the temptation is, oh, I got to build this in my own strength. See, some of you are called to do things and you're trying to do it in your own strength. You better let God build that calling. You better let God build that ministry. Because guess what? 
your mouth is going to end up cashing checks that you can't. I mean, your mouth is going to write checks that you can't cash. You're going to need God's spirit and his grace to build that thing. Because whatever you build in the flesh, you will have to maintain. Boy, I tell you, one of the, one of the greatest principles and lessons we learn is what I call the harness of the Lord. You need to know when it's time to stay put and when it's time to move. Because if you try to move out of the grace of God and out of the will of God on your life, you're gonna move, you're gonna have to literally do it in your own strength. And when we get impatient, we say, God, you're not doing a good job of fulfilling your word, so I'm gonna have to do it for you. That's how we end up giving birth to Ishmael. So let's turn your neighbor and say, Don't don't get impatient. Here's the question I want to leave for you today. Can you be faithful to where God has placed you even when you don't feel fruitful? Can you be faithful in this season where God has placed you even when you don't feel fruitful? Some of us, our challenge is not going to be the move by faith. Some of us, the challenge is going to be, can we be remain? Can we remain and be steadfast in faith? Are you with me? Because it says in verse 10, it says, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know what that means? Not only did Abraham live to see some of the promises that God gave to him. Guess what? Abraham died still believing for promises that had yet to be fulfilled. How many of you want to live that kind of life, that radical faith? Not only do you obey and move by faith, not only do you learn how to remain in faith, but how many of you want to be so radical with your faith that you've seen the promises of God, but even on your last day on this earth, before you breathe the last breath, you're still saying, God, I'm, I'm still watching and waiting for your promises. And guess what? When you die in faith, guess what you're saying? You're saying, God, I didn't see it, but you know what that means? That means my children are going to see it. That means my, my grandchildren are going to see it. That means my great, great grandchildren are going to see it. That's what living in faith means. You're building not just for one generation, but you're building for generations. Amen. And so we inherit the promises of God through faith and patience from this day forward. I want the musicians to please come. I want you to start singing that song in your car. When you feel discouraged, when it looks like all hell's breaking loose in your life, when it looks like, like all the things that you've been believing for, when it looks like the promises of God are nowhere to be seen, I want you to put on that Bon Jovi song. And I want you to say, I'm halfway there. I'm not just living on a prayer. I got more than just a prayer. A prayer is important, of course. But guess what? I'm not just living on a prayer. I'm living on a promise. And you can't quit a quarter of the way. You can't quit halfway. You can't quit three-fourths of the way. Because guess what? The enemy wants to sway you. He wants to get you out of position. He wants to get you off of faith and into disobedience. He wants to get you to doubt God and doubt yourself. But listen, I'm here to tell you, if you'll move in faith and endurance, guess what? You are positioning yourself to inherit the promises of God, not just over your life, but over your children's children. But here's what I love about faith. As these guys are coming. 
is the Bible say that faith is the thing that pleases God, right? So, I, you know, I want to have that attitude. Like, listen, you know what, you know what I've realized with my walk with God? I feel like God would rather me move in faith, even if I missed it a little bit, than to stand over here and live in disbelief. Because see, I want to live a life, right? The Bible says that faith pleases God. Okay, that means I ultimately want to move in faith, not just to inherit a promise, but God, I want to be pleasing to you. Did you catch that? It's not even about me at that point. It's God, I want to be pleasing to you. And you said, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I want to move by faith. I want to live in faith. And guess what? I want to die in faith. Why? Because ultimately, I want my life to be pleasing to you. And guess what? And I believe your word. I believe if I will live in faith, I'm going to inherit the promises of God over my life. But that's the word today. As you stand with me to your feet. God is calling some of us to just start moving. Someone say, just start moving. Let me get real practical. You're contending for your healing. The Bible says I'm healed. Amen. So how do I move towards that promise? Number one, you believe it and you pray it, right? But guess what? Move towards it. Change your diet. Exercise. Eat healthier. Every time you, okay, see, you see what I'm saying? Move towards the promise. Do everything in your power to move towards it and trust God with the rest. Do what the scriptures say, but trust God with the rest. I can't, I can't say, God, I I want you to heal me, but I want to eat however I want to eat. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm sick. I'm going to, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over myself. I'm going to change my diet. But guess what I'm also going to do? Every time I'm in church, I'm going to call for the elders and have them anoint my head and pray the prayer of faith that saves the sick. That's how you move towards your promise. There's movement towards your promise. Some of you, I don't know who this is for, but some of you moving towards your promises, God's called you to go back to school. You start taking two classes of night school weekly. It, It seems small and insignificant, but you're moving towards your promise. Gary and Julia, it looks like starting a podcast in your house, but you're moving towards your promise. You know, I've seen you guys for almost a year now, and I don't know why I've never told told you guys this, but every time I see you guys, I see prophetic promise all over your life. And I know that you guys have a story. I don't even know your story, but I'm telling you today, as as I just looked at you right now, Listen, God is telling me to tell you, do not despise the days of small beginnings. You have been faithful with little. God is going to make you faithful over much. You keep moving. I've, I've already seen it in your life. You take one step, two step, three step before you know it. God's going to take you into realms that you couldn't even imagine for yourself. I want you to lift your hands with me all across this room. time is gone and we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up now. Father, we thank you for what you've done today. And so right now, I, I thank you, Lord, in this room right now, if there's anyone, have you know the most important 
promise we have is the, the promise of salvation. So if there's anyone in this room who has not received the Lord as their Lord and Savior, I want you to slip. If you want to do that today, I want you to slip up your hand and wave at me. Praise God. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Online, just by faith, just slip up that hand. Pray this with me, inspired church. Dear Heavenly Father, I need you. I'm a sinner. I need your grace. Wash me in your blood. Save me. I will follow you all the days of my life. I put my trust in you. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, Inspire Church. Let's give them a hand clap. Just if you wouldn't mind, could I have our, our altar workers please join us? They're going to put these QR codes right there. Sorry, I'm just, I can just feel some things that God wants to release over some people's lives. And I'm trying to concentrate, but I really feel like this is a season where God is challenging us. You know, you know that sometimes we put more faith in the headlines than what the word says over our lives. But I'm telling you, this is a season where you got to flip the script. How many of you want to live in the radical zone? You got to flip the script. You got to take that faith you were putting in the headlines. You got to take that faith, the things you were hearing on the radio. You got to take that faith that you were putting on other voices. And you got to say, you know what? I'm going to double down on the promises of God. I'm going to double down on the promises of God over my life. I'm going to double down on the promises of God over my children's life, over my family's life. The enemy has worked overtime to get us afraid, worried, anxious. But how many know that's not your promise? Your promise is peace. Your promise is joy. Your promise is a future. Your promise is that God has a plan for your life. Your promise is that God knew you before you were born. And so with that in mind, could you please, please join me at this altar? I want to pray over you as we leave this, before we leave this place today. Come on, this is our tradition. We like to close here at the altar. And as they come, they're going to put up these QR codes. If you pray that prayer of salvation for the first time, if you would like to learn about next steps or get baptized, or if you have not yet joined our daily devotional, please do that. They're going to put all of that on the screen. You know, you know what I sometimes fear? I fear getting to heaven. And God being like, man, that was cool, a lot of the things you did. But man, I had so much more for you. But you never asked me. Anybody else with me? I sometimes think about that, like getting to heaven and being like, God's like, how come you never believed me for this? How come you never asked me for this? There are promises swirling around. If you could see into the spirit, there are promises circulating over your life. Over this church. Over your families. And God is saying, will you reach up and reach for them? So with your hands lifted, let me pray this over you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God. Father, I I thank you that we live in uncertain times. We don't know what's going to happen in Europe. 
We don't know what the markets are going to do tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen on the job. God, we don't know any of that. And Father, I pray that today, that vicious cycle would end, that we would stop trying to predict everything. And that, Father God, that we would learn how to rest and trust in the promises of God. Father, I thank you, God, for the promises in the scriptures. I thank you for the promises over your people. I thank you for the personal promises, God, that you have given to the individuals in this room. God, I thank you, God. I'm praying over those who are contending. I'm praying even over those of you who you've lost hope. You say, God, you gave me this promise years ago, but I haven't seen. Listen, God sent me to tell you today, keep going because you're getting close to a season where you're going to see the promise inherited in your life. Don't you give up. Don't you get impatient. Just keep moving. Keep moving toward the direction of your promise. Keep believing. Keep speaking it. Keep praying it. Keep living it. And watch the word of God being performed over your life. Father God, for those, this is so huge right now. For those in this room, God, who have lost their peace The enemy is doing everything he can to steal God's people's joy and peace, Father. That's a promise that, hey, let's just contend for that one for a minute. Father, we thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Father. We thank you for the peace that only comes from trusting you. We thank you for the peace that only comes from your presence. We thank you for the joy that only comes from you, God. For those in here who need joy, God, I pray that you would restore joy. For those in here who need peace in their homes and in their minds again. Father, we release peace in this place. God, for those who need healing in their body, who are contending for healing in this place, we're stirring it up this morning. We're saying contend for the promises of God over your life. And we stand with those. For those who are contending for breakthrough and who need you to move and do what only you can do, God. We stand with them and we speak the promises of God over them. We speak life over dead situations. We speak, God, the miracles and, and the supernatural provision of, your, of, 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 of what you can only do. The supernatural manna, the supernatural provision over impossible situations, Father God. We thank you, God, that you are a God of miracles. You are a God of more than enough. This isn't a, you know, this is not about, you know, getting everything we want. This is about God saying, no, listen, it's not about that. It's about, I will supply your needs. I will give you more than you need. Not, it's not just about us. It's about what he's called you to do. And so, Father, we thank you for the promises of God that remain in every situation, in every season. We speak them over Inspired Church. That we would be a people living in radical faith. Reaching out, stepping out, obeying God. Looking for the promises of God in our lives. We give you glory and we give you honor. Come on, Inspired Church, let's give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you. I pray that you have the best week and an amazing week. God bless you.